You're listening to Wonderland, episode 16, To Catch a Thief. Welcome back to another episode of Wonderland, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We are happy to have you listening with us as we discuss this penultimate episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I watched this episode, that is, yes, I thought, what a letdown. Really? Yeah. Because... The the flashbacks seemed so squashed and so simplified and not as deep as I wanted them to be. Oh. And the it seemed like the best scenes didn't start happening until the very, very, very end. Okay. But after rewatching it then in preparation for the podcast, I got to appreciate the episode a bit more. Yes. What about you guys? Well, it wasn't as good as last week, in a sense. It wasn't, uh, I don't know if I would say it was good. It wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't quite on the same level intensity-wise and interest-wise in some ways. But I guess my sense when it was over was that it would have been great if we had gotten to see this episode and the final episode on the same night. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of season and series finales suffer from that, where the episode before the last one is kind of setting the final stage and so it can seem a little bit lacking in some way although i think for a penultimate episode this was very good given what tends to happen what do you think aaron i don't know how they're going to finish the series in one episode still i agree that it was better the second time i watched it i had a lot of questions actually the first time that i things that i missed or i didn't quite see what happened there and i needed to rewatch it um and i I agree about the flashbacks. They were definitely really simple. I, I predicted we would get this story last week, but they were, for the relationship that the Knave and Alice have, the flashbacks didn't really do that justice to me. Yeah, well, I did think there would be, I know so much of my disappointment was in my expectations. Mm-hmm. And I did think that there would be this really epic story where we get to see some kind of battle between Alice and Cora to get the heart. But yeah. now, getting to see Cora in the last episode was fulfillment of at least part of that. <laughs> right. But then also realizing, and this episode reminded me a little bit of that, that Alice wasn't at that place yet where she could fight for something. She didn't right. know how to sword fight. Well, and how right. do you fight Cora if you're Alice? Yeah. I mean, what's a sword fight to Cora? It's just poof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you're in a cage and you have no sword. Oh, and also I have your heart. Now, one sad piece of news I need to share before we go on oh, no. is that Wonderland <laughs> will be no more after the finale episode. It'll be in a glass coffin, asleep in a dungeon. And waking up three different genies together won't help you <laughs> resurrect it. <laughs> well, my, maybe. Maybe that's one of the laws of magic. You can't bring back a canceled TV show. 
Well, and a lot of people are saying it's canceled and all of this. And it's run its course. Yeah. I, yeah. From the start, it was supposed to be just a short run mid-season TV series mm-hmm. of only about 11 to 13 episodes. And I haven't heard them comment on this, but I would almost imagine that the show's creators are relieved that they're not being asked to sort of continue it. They had a plan, but they were never going to continue this story into the next season. Right. Which I appreciate. I've thanked them over and over again for that. And one of the reasons it has been canceled or is no longer going on after the finale episode is because it really got some low ratings and Mm. viewership was very low and it's in a very tough time slot and airing it at the same time as Once Upon a Time. A lot of things worked against them, but I think as a story as a whole... It fits great with the Once Upon a Time universe, and I'm personally glad they're not going to stretch this Wonderland idea out across multiple seasons. I think one season was great. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, if I can get on a soapbox for just a moment, they're still stuck in a system that's 20 years old. The ratings, frankly, are not in for this show yet. There are still Once Upon a Time fans who haven't even decided whether to watch it because, yes, it's been airing for months That's not how people watch TV anymore. Not in some segments. Somebody will go buy the DVDs. They'll go to Netflix. They'll buy it in iTunes, on Amazon. They'll do whatever. They'll cannonball the show later once they hear whether it was worth it or not. So it might be interesting to see later what the sales are because I think that in the end, the people who did watch it will, well, I guess we'll see next week, but I think we're probably ultimately giving it a thumbs up. Yeah. Go ahead and watch it. They definitely put it in a in a death time slot as well. Like I know we talked about hmm. this, but they I read an article and they're just going to rerun Grey's Anatomy in that time slot now. For real? <laughs> that's what I heard. Until they find another show that's going to also die. Like they listed all the shows in this time slot that have died since Ugly Betty came out. Oh, off. wow. So <laughs> wow. there's like eight, like six or eight shows that have been in this time slot that have been canceled right away. Wow. So so at, at least it got a full season. So thank you again, actually, to ABC for not being ridiculous and canceling a limited run TV show before the story was finished. And, you yes. know, they even got more episodes than they originally planned, I think, because they never said how many episodes it would have. True. But they did communicate that it was supposed to be a mid-season show in between the hiatus or during the hiatus of once upon a time right. and that was going to be an 11 week hiatus so that means 11 episodes is what they probably plan to do sure that they spread it out to 13 is actually nice that they gave us probably more than they originally would yeah. have although yeah. that being said if they'd done it during the hiatus they might have put it in once upon a time slot which would have been way better for the show <laughs> that's what they were going to do actually yeah, yeah. But let's talk about this episode, starting with the past. And before we do, I want to remind you, this episode is made possible in part by Bluehost. We'd love for you to start a website. Check out wonderlandpodcast.com slash Bluehost to start your website for just a few dollars per month. That's wonderlandpodcast.com slash Bluehost. In the flashbacks, we get to see the Knave of Hearts all decorated and certainly (laughs) in the service of the Queen of Hearts. And... Alice was blamed for killing plenty of men, women, and children. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I usually say when I don't like somebody. So I just say, do you know how many men, women, and children that person has killed? And people say, no, I I don't. And I say, plenty. It makes me wonder (laughs) if maybe 
Cora framed Alice for the murder of the Red King. Oh. oh, maybe. I doubt that we'll get to see that story, unfortunately, but that's a good guess. And the soldiers were calling Alice a monster. I know. They clearly yeah. wanted us to think this was the battle of the Jabberwocky or something. And yeah. no, no, it was just a cloaked Alice who was kind of creepy. I love the knave. I love that you can dress him up, but he's still Will. <laughs> he's still the same smart Alec. Court jester. Um, court jester, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to stop walking, but the Queen of Hearts won't let me. Like, he's exactly the same. He just looks a little bit more red, (laughs) more scarlet. And even the belt buckle that he has has a big heart on it. The same with the other soldiers, too, that we see in the Red or the Queen of Hearts costumes. So self serving. I'm the Queen of Hearts. You will all wear hearts. It was very similar, though, to the book Alice in Wonderland. They were all decks of cards, the Queen's servants. So that was a cool tie-in when Alice realized that everybody was filed under the deck of cards and that that's how she refers to her servants and gets control of them is just kind of what once brought into it. But it's still very kind of true to the original Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And learning that the knave is actually the Jack surprised me because I thought he was going to be the Joker. No. Knave, Joker, that fits. The knave of hearts is actually actually the jack like that's a thing that people call it because there's no joker of hearts what i thought was funny was that she said the jack of all trades i'm like that is not what that card is called why did you say that you were like (laughs) in this moment and then you kind of said the wrong words but that's okay i guess i loved that because well i call myself a jack of all trades but a master of none and that's exactly how they described him so i appreciated that terminology (laughs) Also, who sets up a f- campfire in the middle of the trail? Alice. Apparently. Well, maybe. Yeah. Remember, she wasn't that smart back then. Smart <laughs> enough to be able to catch Will in a net, but clearly not smart enough to not light a fire in the middle of a trail. True. When Will gets caught in this net, Alice mentioned that all that she had done is try to pick a weeping willow from the Queen of Hearts uh, garden. Erin, is there some backstory here with the original storyline? I did not actually look into that, but uh, I did wonder if she was trying to find proof for her father. So it's not a thing from the Carol story. Apparently a weeping willow is actually a real tree. Well, yes. Well, in Wonderland, what it probably does is it probably actually weeps. (laughs) Probably. It probably does. So why would you pick it? Yeah, if you have the clothes source, then you might also have the actually weeping willow. And maybe that was something that she wanted to take. Yeah, like you said, Aaron, as evidence for her father. Look, yeah. it's a crying tree. <laughs> but I don't know. There is no reference to weeping willows in the actual book that I can find. That's interesting. Such a random thing. There's all There are all these little things that you think, oh, I wonder if we'll see. And you realize, I've got like 42 minutes left. For the entire series, it's wrap-up time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even see it advertised as extended, which they do do occasionally. Right. Yeah, I was kind of wishing for that, but apparently not. (laughs) I thought Will swinging the knife from inside the net was amazing. (laughs) He just doesn't stop. He just keeps doing it. He's like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Reminded me, too, of Snow and Charming, Uh of course. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we saw someone with their face smashed against a net while they talk. 
It would have been funny if one of them called the other one charming or even just used the word charming somewhere. Right. (laughs) And I felt like this was a very different interpretation of what it means to control someone when you possess their heart. They keep sort of, they've gone from Graham and once proper, just sort of being under Regina's influence to something as outlandish as speaking into the heart and having people say the words like they're an actual puppet. And here it's more like hold the heart and tell the person to do something and suddenly they have a compulsion to just do it until they get it done, no matter what. But it still seemed, I mean, I think I like this idea best, actually, given all the ways that they've shown it working. I think this one makes actually the most sense. But it still they, seems different to me. They did kind of do this as well in the episode Queen of Hearts from Once Proper, wherein Cora made Aurora do, like, she locked the dungeon on them and stuff. True. That was, that was but she used it in both ways. So I'm sure yeah. it's. Since they had shown her on the other end whispering into the heart like a microphone, I think I thought that she was using her as a puppet. Like, Cora was somehow actually making the motions and things, but. This sort of makes a little bit more sense, actually. Yeah. By the way, about the willow tree, Dachshund in our chat room just now linked to a poem by Lewis Carroll about the willow tree. And it doesn't really seem to have much connection with Once Upon a Time or Alice in Wonderland, except that it's written by Lewis Carroll. And it's called The Willow Tree. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 16 if you would like to read that, but it doesn't really have much connection here with hmm. Alice. I loved getting to see another thing from Cora, the vault. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked just like the last time we've seen it, mm-hmm. which was way, 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 way back in season one of Once Upon a Time in the episode oh, yeah. Hat Trick when Regina went to go get her father. So not only did Cora keep hearts in these drawers, but she also keeps miniature people. Yeah. <laughs> I well, where else are you going to put them? <laughs> I wonder if even at this time when Alice was breaking in, Hello! if maybe Henry Sr. was in one of those other boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird thought. That would have been a cool Easter egg if they could have put that in somehow. She opens but... the wrong box and she's like, oh, um, no, Oops, not even sorry. a heart. Um, or, or she passes Regina on her way out. <laughs> that would be a little epic because there'd be a big fireball and things. Or, yeah, that could be cool. Is just like you see the fireball come through and that's the little nod. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they couldn't cross paths because we saw Regina the whole time. Alice's counting seemed new to me in this episode. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, I think it was. But if you don't know how to use a sword, what else are you going to do? I thought the guards' movements were kind of stupid. It's like, okay, guys, every whatever the interval is, we're going to go around the back and leave the door completely unguarded for a good five to ten seconds. Then we're going to come back and we're going (laughs) to kind of make some weird motions and kind of, you know, look at each other and stuff. And then we're going to face back out. It reminds me a little bit of some real-time strategy computer games I've played before. (laughs) Jeremy and I have played some of these against each other. What you could do is you could set a particular group of units to go on this patrol path, but the older versions of the game were so dumb that what would happen is, yeah, they drive right past an enemy, shoot at the enemy while they're driving past and not stick around and guard the area. And that's kind of what these guys seemed a little bit like. 
<laughs> it was very like James Bond-ish where they're watching the camera until it goes to the certain angle and then there's the blind spot for a second and that's when you get in. Like any spy movie is like that. Just instead of surveillance cameras, there's these heartless guards. I wish Alice had made some unnecessary roll across the ground. <laughs> just because. <laughs> yeah. Just she would have ruined her pretty dra- pink dress. Well, she had it protected by her creepy cloak, didn't she? Oh, I don't know. It, it would have been a little <laughs> bit of a stumble more than a roll because she Why? didn't know how to roll yet. I think she would have. She had never used a sword, but she clearly knows how to flip people. So I'd say she could pull off a roll pretty well. In fact, didn't she already in that same? Maybe not. I'd have to go look and see where she did which moves. But she was fighting fairly well. At least she'd made one good move later on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then when she brings Will's heart back, it was cool to hear then... That Will was the one she bargained with to help find the evidence she needed to take back to her dad. Well, Bargain, like, told him to help her (laughs) because she had his heart, right? I'm going to keep your heart and I do what I say. I liked that scene, though. I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute when she realized he had to do everything (laughs) that she said. And he was like, stand on one foot. No, stand on the other. Even there, she was pretty capable because he's like, he takes a swing at her. She just sort of, it was like she was annoyed. She just shoves him into a tree. (laughs) <laughs> she's like hmm why are you still and then she's troubleshooting like why are you still trying to kill me hmm he's like nope i still kind of feel like i have to kill you a lot of good and then lines. later later when he said just because i don't want to kill you anymore doesn't mean i can't <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that was one of my favorite scenes when we got to see alice and will at the tavern one of the things that's brought out in this that i wonder if it it's a hint at what the next episode will contain and by the way we'll have some spoilers after the closing music of our podcast from Hunter. And they'll be the last spoilers for Wonderland. Because how do you spoil no. something that's over? <laughs> but one of the things that Will said uh, in this tavern is this. Your fighting's hold on to your father. The only family you've got left. So I wonder, since they brought this up in the penultimate episode, I wonder if we're going to see Alice reunited with her father in some way. Like maybe they'll leave Wonderland. Alice and Cyrus will come back. And they'll meet her father. I would hope so. They left that in kind of a sad place. They made up and whatever. And then he lost his memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's played too integral of a role in the series for that to be the end of that we hear of that relationship. We don't have to see it all happen again. But we know that the capacity is there. He has the capacity to believe it and to reconcile with Alice. So if we see that start, you know, see him see proof again, we can pretty much assume that we can assume the rest, I guess they'll reconcile again. Maybe he'll be like sitting on the porch with his like new wife and new daughter and the portal will open and they'll climb out (laughs) and then it'll, that'll be the end. So it's just like, yep, we know he knows now. And everybody knows that she, Alice was right. That's good. Yeah. That's... And she's with Cyrus and everybody lived happily ever after. Yeah. Everybody comes walking out in front of the house. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> not quite as, you know, this time he doesn't have to dangle over a cliff, but. Uh... <laughs> Will's sister, Penelope. I couldn't find anything about her. And yet Neither that name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. I can't remember why. 
My first I thought look- was, is that one of the sisters in Cinderella? But I can't remember the sisters in Cinderella. No, for- and Anastasia and Drizella are the oh, sisters yes, yes. in Thank Cinderella. You. I looked up Penelope and I looked up Penelope Scarlet and just to see if it was kind of a real thing from that reference, but... I didn't find anything and the name didn't mean anything significant. So I think between the two sisters, they picked the right name for the red queen. I think <laughs> Drizella just doesn't have the same ring to it. Hey, Drizzle. <laughs> and we wouldn't have been wondering if she was, if right. that was who she was Drizella. for as long. One of the things that our listeners brought out during the live chat, or maybe it was in the forums was that uh, the whole falling through the ice thing reminded them a little bit of, the movie that has Jack Frost in it. It's uh, Rise of the Guardians, a fairly recent movie, and Jack oh. Frost in it is this character that fell through the ice, came back transformed, and was a little bit lost in his identity. But the the connections here, I mean, Jack, Jack of all trades, the Queen's Jack, and all of that, yeah, some maybe connections, but the name Penelope is never part of that story. Right, and I think the big disconnect is that she died. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come back different uh and he he didn't talk about it that um with that much emotion which makes sense because he didn't have his heart yeah oh right i was expecting to see him say that line of something like "Hmm, i've gotten so used to not having it i don't think Mm -hmm. i'll put it back in yeah yeah once she handed it to him i I thought (laughs) exactly because she mentioned that he said that and i thought we would see it i expected him to say it right there but he didn't yeah, something maybe that had to be cut again because they probably had to cut a lot from this episode. Realize that this is the last <laughs> chance they have before the finale to yeah. set up whatever they need to for the finale. Yeah. Put a bookmark in your mind in that thought and we'll come back to that because there's a rather <laughs> large moment that, yeah, we'll talk about later. Hashtag Amara. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when Alice and Will say goodbye, I love that now we see why Alice was running in that garden. Because remember, back to the pilot episode, when she first meets Cyrus, she was running in the Queen's Garden. She ate the mushroom. She shrank. So when Will said a happy ending could be right around the corner, it was literally, or in his accent, literally right around (laughs) the corner. That she found Cyrus then. Right. So really cool to see them come full circle like that and connect. Why was she there? Why was she running? What happened here in this? And it was probably that the rabbit was working for Cora, maybe in some way, or was a prisoner of Cora. And so they rescued him, captured him, whatever. And that's why they were running and why the guards had the bag and grabbed it. I want to say he wasn't working for Cora because I don't want really to believe that the poor white rabbit just works for whatever evil ruler happens to come across his path. <laughs> yeah, Cora probably captured him because remember back in the episode Hat Trick of Once Upon a Time, and we learned that Cora wanted to get back. That's why she had the Hatter start making hats. She wanted to get back to the Enchanted Forest. So maybe she learned of the rabbit, captured him, or was in the process of having him captured so uh, that he could make a portal for her. But then Alice kind of saved the day. That's true. Having the white rabbit there, he's a pretty handy little entity. So having <laughs> someone who can maybe, maybe eventually make a 
make a magic hat that can do the same thing that the white rabbit can do naturally doesn't make a lot of sense unless you don't know about the white rabbit or his whereabouts. Yeah. But he has quite a prominent little house, so, you know. Well, now he does. Maybe he didn't then. True. <laughs> but the rabbit working for Cora would have been kind of true to Alice's adventures in Wonderland as well. Because, But I, I don't think it was by choice that the white rabbit was working for Queen of Hearts in that book. But definitely that was part of that book. The rabbit was oh. like in her, in the, what's it called? The scene where they're playing flamingo cricket, I think it was, together. It's, um, he's, he's in there and he's, at least in the movie, he's wearing like the queen of hearts costume thing. Interesting. Well, and also in the poem, the rabbit was the one who read the charges against the knave of hearts, hearts for stealing the tarts. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I had to be a knave, I'd want to be the knave of tarts, actually. (laughs) Knave of hearts. Pop tarts specifically. (laughs) And just the cinnamon brown sugar ones. But anyway, um, speaking of eating, the walls in the maze ate people just like in Once Proper. I, I liked that continuity. <laughs> and it actually, it creeped me out in the back of my head in the pilot when we saw Alice shrink down and run underneath the wall. I was like, how is that safe? It's not safe for a full-size person to go near those walls. Don't yeah. touch the leaves. <laughs> They'll have you in about half a second. You're just a little snack. Well, she's small enough that she didn't touch the leaves. What do you think happens to the people in the walls? Are they, I mean, is it like a... They're probably delivered to Cora to oh. get their hearts taken out. and I figured they were just plant food. Maybe. It depends on if they're, you know, disassembled. Yeah. Do the, are these <laughs> man-eating plants or maybe, are they just capture devices? Maybe in a way it's a secret way into... A palace, and you could just jump against the wall. Maybe that's going to be in next week. This sounds I like doubt it. Once upon a time in Wonderland quest game, quest game. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wall. It's like a text-based game. So yes, and this was the scene really where Alice had never used a sword, but clearly she knew how to fight. Hmm. She's tough. She's tough. She's. Wait a second. I was going to say she had spent time with Cyrus, but no, she hadn't. Where'd right. she learn how to flip people? Self-defense, well, big in false Victorian England, whatever, whatever. But whatever you probably learn to do what you have to do when the Queen's guards are after you as a murderer I for guess. however know how long. Like, we still don't really know. Like, she kind of reminded me a lot of Snow White in this because she's a fugitive, but not by her own accord and having to fight these people all the time or outsmart them. And that's kind of what Snow White was like, but she didn't necessarily know how to fight at the beginning either, but she Hmm. learned somehow. Before we move on to talking about the other half of this episode, the present big thank you goes out to Lisa Slack for donating to help support this episode of Wonderland podcast. And with the donations that we've received for just the short run podcast, we finally recouped the expenses of starting this podcast, <laughs> which is great. Thank you very much for that support. Yay. Yes, thanks. <laughs> and if you would like to donate to support an episode, don't worry. There's not only one more episode of Wonderland podcast left. We're going to do some special things before we completely say the podcast is over. 
We're going to do season two of the show ourselves in audio form. <laughs> we'll be all the characters. Except it will be even better than Jeremy's idea. So mm. here's the thing. Don't unsubscribe from the podcast <laughs> until we tell you to. Despite what I just said, because that's not true. Because you might miss some really awesome stuff. So if you would like to donate for one of those future episodes, then we'd love to have your support. Just go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor and you can select there which podcast that you want your donation to be for but big thanks to lisa and another way that you can support the show is signing up for your own web hosting with bluehost by going to wonderlandpodcast.com slash bluehost it's just a few dollars per month you get unlimited websites unlimited hosting unlimited bandwidth it's awesome you could start a website about why there should be a season two of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Or you could start a website about your dog or whatever it is. You can start it very easily. Start a podcast, a website, sell things, buy things, whatever. Check it out at wonderlandpodcast.com slash bluehost. Now, moving on to the present. With Will in prison at the beginning of this, I was wrong. My big theory that I thought, I'm a genius, I figured this out. I, and a lot of people are saying, wow, that's an awesome theory, Daniel. And you guys had even said, that's an awesome theory. But I was wrong. Aaron, yeah. you were right. I have never felt so sad to be right in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> but it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I, I realized when I saw the episode a third time, actually, that I, uh, or the one before this, that I said some funny things about that closing scene because I didn't even notice the brightening. And I was like, well, maybe they just wanted to look pale because I was just looking at screenshots comparing the two, but it was actually kind of a fade. So I saw what you meant, but I realized watching this week that they use the same effect, sometimes going to flashbacks and things like that. So I think it was just their, well, obviously now, I guess it was just their outro sort of (laughs) film effect because it was such a sad moment. Emma Rigby was great in this episode, by the way. I know, yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) I was going to actually comment on that, that uh, all the scenes that she's been doing for the last couple episodes, like anyone who has kind of knows anything, I guess, about the acting world knows that these actors are doing the same thing for like 18 hours a day for nine days per episode. And so she was probably really happy to just... Lay down because she had the last two episodes were so emotional for her. That must have just been exhausting. Cut. Emma's fogging up the glass coffin again. I, I, well, actually, that happened with Snow White. The glass really? coffin lid in the pilot episode is actually digitally added because they said they couldn't yeah. keep it from fogging up. Oh, that's funny. I wonder if there will be any bloopers. Well, they could have made her stop breathing. I wonder if there will be any bloopers for the scene where you'll just hear Emma Rigby going. (laughs) (laughs) Or laughing or cracking up about something. (laughs) Because I know they had problems. That's probably why they made sure this coffin was inside. Because they had problems in the pilot with it was snowing. And Mm. um, oh yeah, that's right. Ginny Goodwin kept flinching because snow kept falling on her face. (laughs) Because there was no actual lid. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, and also this was a much bigger glass coffin. Too. It was. Mm. It was kind of, I don't know, it matched the architecture sort of, of Wonderland, really. Mm. So Jafar made a reference to losing someone he loved, and it seemed to be talking about 
when his father tried to kill him. Yeah. So that's kind of how he sees that event was losing his father, which is interesting. Well, look at the way it was, is that Jafar, as a little boy, admired his father and Mm -hmm. wanted so much. And even today, wants that approval as his father. And that's not... In a psychotic way at this point, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's not an unfamiliar feeling to many people mm-hmm. where they they want the approval of their parents in some way, their mother or their father or someone significant in their life, and they're willing to do almost anything to get that. I liked when um, the Sultan jumped in when Jafar was kind of, you know, mentally torturing Will about Anastasia and just said, show him some mercy and basically said that he's learned the error of his ways. So I wonder... I, again, I'm sure we're not going to get a backstory, but I wonder what what he meant by this. And it kind of goes with the whole theme of redemption. It makes me think that perhaps he will... Like, he's already tried to sacrifice himself to end Jafar's tangent that he's on with the magic. But I think he's all obviously going to be crucial in the final episode. But whether that's kind of going to be his ultimate redemption is mm. is stopping Jafar because it's what he's created and he... He has seen the error of his ways in that now. Yeah. So, and it's probably no longer the thought of, I should have held you under the water longer, but it's, I hope not. Maybe it's (laughs) so far as I shouldn't have rejected you. I don't know if he's quite there yet. Or just maybe I shouldn't have tried to kill you. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I at least shouldn't have taunted you for all this time. (laughs) I like the little reference we got to the Mad Hatter. You're yeah. madder than the Hatter. Too bad we didn't get to see the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that that would have been great in Wonderland. But getting to see Korra, I think, was good enough. It was. It was good. Yeah, because Korra made much more sense to see than Jefferson as the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. But both would have been awesome. <laughs> Maybe we'll still see him. Maybe not. Probably not. Most likely not. <laughs> as we get to then go back to our two favorite characters or the two main characters alice and cyrus (laughs) (laughs) they're great characters but but yeah at this point i still think will and anna might be my favorite Hmm. i i think so i think they're mine well will comes in and now he has his heart back at first i was wondering if maybe jafar still had his heart and was controlling him Mm. when he came in but no it was all genuine and he just wants help and he is missing the one that he loves. I feel like Jafar can't take hearts. That seems like a very specific skill. Yeah. And apparently Jafar still has much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> this scene was very endearing, the scene between Alice and Will. Like, this is the kind of stuff I wanted to see in the flashback because we know that they're so attached in present day. Um, but it's... This scene kind of made me like Alice better. She She was more personable and not so mission oriented she actually understood you know kind of how the knave was feeling and knew why he was asking for what he was asking for but also knew that she couldn't help him so i i really enjoyed that interaction between them yeah and that they have to let jafar win in order to get what they want and we're seeing that even jumping to the end of the episode in order to save cyrus they have to let jafar win in some way yeah, that seems to be Jafar's thing, or it was for a little bit there. It was like, well, if I want somebody to help me, I'm just going to kill someone close to them because they'll help me so that I can bring them back or they can bring them back or hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know how all that was, how they think that's going to work. How can you imagine Jafar being like, okay, you helped me, so yes, I'm going to bring back the people I killed. Well, well it works for him every time. Every time he tries to kill somebody, he gets what he wants. It's true. Almost every time. There was that time with Alice and Will. But he still got her to use a wish. True. Is that still a thing? Like, if one of them dies... The other dies, or if Will gets hurt or dies, Alice does. I don't know. Well, their hearts are in. T- oh, between Will and yeah, Will Alice. and Alice, because that was her wish, right? Mm. Yeah, true. Huh. I would point. say yes. I, I don't see why it wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah, because you don't you don't lose what you wished for when the genie leaves. Mm-hmm. You still get right. the wish; it remains in place. Yeah. I have a Wonderland riddle. Oh. So Alice and Cyrus's tent. What does it have in common with the genie's bottle? Plush pillows. I know the answer, so I'm not going to say. Do you? Oh, yes. Um, well, I saw a bathtub. I didn't see a toilet. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Actually, I think the tent resembles a genie's bottle, which I think is kind of ironic. Mm. Like Cyrus, think outside the bottle a little bit. Well, the difference here is you can leave the tent to take care of stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah. you can. I just thought it was funny that uh, he no made windows. the tent a home. Yeah, he made it. He made it a home, not a prison, not a cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His bottle was more a cage, but there's an awfully fine line there. <laughs> so as they then decide to go off and try to do what they can to stop Jafar. Then we have the great scene with Jabberwocky. <laughs> I know. Jabber, jabber, jabber. And Jafar's fear smells like pine needles and snow. <laughs> that which, what? That like, makes absolutely no sense. Like, okay, that's a that's a good detail. Um, you feeling all right there? That's a little weird even for you, Jabberwocky. This is... I mean, you're a woman that's called a Jabberwocky. This and is that early was weird merchandising. For you. This is early merchandising for Disney. For the Jafar air freshener? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jafar's fear by Disney. Maybe it's a men's fragrance. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it doesn't snow in Agrabah. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't. And I'm pretty sure that there are no pine trees there. Again, could be wrong. But you'd think that his fear would be like water and disapproval or something <laughs> what, how do you smell disapproval <laughs> and how do you smell water without drowning i know but still. <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah so he said pin you to the ceiling for another thousand years she was pinned there for a thousand years so i'm guessing before alice's day if we had to question whether alice ever we knew that she hadn't really seen the jabberwocky before but she seemed really scared when she heard it so i guess it's all legend at this point she seems to know an awful lot about her. And I guess I'd be doing some crazy stretches, too, if I'd been on that ceiling for a thousand years. <laughs> so that explains some of Jabber Dork's <laughs> movements. Would you also forget proper pauses in your vocabulary? <laughs> yeah, like the thought had crossed my mind. <laughs> she did that. That was, uh, yeah, she's funny. <laughs> that 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 terrible murderous menacing monster woman she's so funny and jafar can scare her mm-hmm. 
But I feel like if that blade was so powerful, why were all the soldiers necessary? Was that just before they discovered discovered the blade? Well, realize in order to use the blade, you have to get close. Well, yeah, but... And if she's crawling around inside your mind mm. at the same time. But she does that. She's done that to Jafar, so why is she so scared? She's completely crippled him in the past. Has he managed to block her out? Can she not do that and just take the sword? I don't know. She seems slightly declawed, and I find that funny. <laughs> yeah. Of the two psychopaths in this scene, I actually felt bad for her. I know, which, <laughs> wow. Yeah, this this whole episode kind of makes us start to pity the Jabberwocky, Which I frustrates me because she doesn't have mercy on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what this show, like, these creators love that. They love making us feel sorry for the villains. But it's so weird. It's just so strange. <laughs> She's not sympathetic. She's a baby killer. Potentially, anyway. She didn't kill the baby. Well, she would have. Maybe. She did in that guy's mind. True. She 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 killed the baby's father. She said she wouldn't have mercy on the baby. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't care much for babies, okay? Mm. But speaking of not having mercy, Will stole the staff from his own friends. But I like what he said later on with Alice is he said, you think your love story is the only one worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's good because I think that's what it took Alice to realize that do that is kind of the way I feel. Right. It is like, I liked that line and I think he was right, but it's totally inaccurate. Like Alice, I think would have known what she said earlier was we can't give somebody as powerful as Jafar or as, as evil as Jafar, that kind of power. Like, I think that she would have known when push comes to shove that that would not be good for anybody. So it is, it is kind of true of her that she maybe didn't feel like he he was worth, his story was worth fighting for, but also it's kind of, there's bigger stakes now. Right. Yeah, that is why this situation is different. I think she was right to say that. Right. Yeah. It was funny that they didn't try to come up with another solution in the tent, but they got there eventually. I liked the approach to a lot of this stuff. It wasn't just, and you know, I don't, maybe the commercials sounded this way. I didn't watch the commercials because we never do, but, you know, a lot of shows would be oh, is Will going to be, Will's now their enemy and all this stuff. And Cyrus is like, well, you put your faith in a friend. It was his mistake, not yours. So I don't, it just was a very, a lot, a much more mature response to this. They sort of, even while they're pursuing him and trying to stop him, they kind of understand at the same time. Not that it excuses what he's doing, but I don't know. It's a little bit more... It takes into account their history instead of just declaring him villain for a day. I also liked how they chased him and they're going left, right, left left again. (laughs) And then they were kind of right on top of each other. I don't know how they didn't hear Will talking to himself and he didn't hear them talking (laughs) to themselves. In Hollywood, sound is very slow. (laughs) It is, yeah. And electricity is also very slow, too. Yes. (laughs) So I thought the scene, too, when they were chasing him and they went different ways was funny because there was literally a low road and a high road. And Alice <laughs> took the high road, and that just seems very Alice. 
to me. Yeah. I wonder if the low road went down to the river that she eventually fell into. Maybe. Off the cliff. Probably. As they do. (laughs) (laughs) But there at the cliff, Will's facial expression while he had Alice and the neck, it was just the look of pain, like the look of, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm sorry. I'm doing this, but I have no choice. I I have to. Yeah. He showed it the most. I thought they were both kind of, she's just like, hello, Will. <laughs> like, why are we like this? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It was well done. Yeah. There's a, been a lot in the last few episodes, especially. That's kind of what I'm always talking about. They're not just getting the story done. There's some, you know, there's some good acting. There's some good writing and a few artistic things like even the opening scene with that sort of one shot that kind of went from Will's face and across the coffin and over and it was sort of a continuous shot and it just showed all the characters. Mm. They've been doing a lot of things with cinematography even that have been really good. Yeah, Yeah. I I commented on that shot too. I really liked it. It was very dramatic, at least on my HD (laughs) TV. When uh, this is still happening. That's when Jafar wakes up the other genies. And when he's letting them out, have you noticed that when he gets the genies out of the bottles, he's not mm-hmm. actually rubbing the bottles? So it makes me wonder. It was is a magic he, rub. Is he getting them out <laughs> without actually becoming their masters? Oh. Their master. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess That's, so, because otherwise he'd have six wishes. Why doesn't he want that? Nine. Nine. Well, it's kind of a dumb yeah. thing to do, though, because then he's not their master. So if somebody steals the bottle, then it's gone. Yeah, right. True. That is a good question. What I liked was that even though there was sort of this moment when they first showed up, the younger one was just sort of like brother, and the other one was like, "Yeah, bad moment, hi, but bad guy right there." <laughs> But then when he mentions Amara, they didn't do that thing where the youngest one's all just innocent and like, she's our mo-. And the older one's like, we don't know her. And then they just sort of freeze and try to look innocent or something. Like nothing had happened and the youngest one hadn't just said half a sentence that gave them away. People, they do that all the time, but they didn't do that here. He just, they were both thinking on their feet. I liked it. But it, it, it didn't matter because genetics they just I, looked like Amara. So it kind of, their faces kind of gave them away. <laughs> I wonder if it just, I wonder how they didn't have a stronger reaction if they've been trapped for, you know, they pro- they haven't seen each other for lifetimes in Cyrus's counting. And they didn't, <laughs> they just kind of like looked at each other unless they, they knew. Cause we know that Will has been watching from the bottle. So perhaps they kind of hear and see what, what's going on, even though, even yeah, though not they're sure. not really a part of it. I'm not sure I understand how that works, because I thought that window thing on the bottle was on the bottom. Maybe it's on the side. For Will, it's on the bottom. But he could only standing see. up. No, uh, <laughs> Cyrus actually knocked it down. Or, or something happened that knocked it down so that Will could see. Hmm. So maybe for the other genies, they can't see because their bottle wasn't on its side they could only hear and let's be honest what bottle has a bottom window that doesn't make a bottle that just makes a thing like a paperweight that doesn't hold water or oil or anything but it's for a genie not it's magic (laughs) 
Well, okay, maybe the window comes with the job. <laughs> then back to Alice and Will as uh, they're drying off. Yeah, which I can't decide what I think about the scene because I I think as soon as I saw Alice slip, I thought we were headed for one of those scenes where she's dangling yep. and Will's like on the on the surface and he's like here grab my hand and oh no i'm slipping and then he grabs a root and the, the root rips and then he does this other thing and then and then oh they, bo- they both make it aren't we aren't we relieved but then i realized that was all in my head like none of that happened that's and what I, I thought I, was gonna I was happen thinking too, of it of has he oh he pulled her back up but they were they were wet there was a splash and then they were wet and then she just says well she tells will you saved me, which I guess, you know, he probably should have known that. But we didn't know that because, I mean, we did know. But we didn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But we can guess. And, I, I mean, I guess all of that was cheaper and less time-consuming. But really, so I can't decide, was it cheap? Or since I was thinking of the scene that I thought was coming as being so wearying, maybe I should be happy and proud that they skipped it. Because we didn't need to see all that. That's like false action. We've seen so many <laughs> rescues from cliffs. Cool. Yeah. Good for you. Just tell it through dialogue and get to the important part, which is their reconciliation. And how do you show someone who can't swim save someone else in the water? That was going to be my question. That's true. The the order of those lines was a little bit... It could have been taken menacingly, though. Like, not for real, but she said said something like, I thought you couldn't swim. And he says... Oh, I forget. He said, but he mentioned that he couldn't imagine not saving her but he then he kind of followed it up with but you'd be surprised what you can do if you <laughs> i don't yeah. remember but <laughs> he said he said i don't know how to lose you either Alice. Yeah, yeah 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 you don't know how to swim i don't know how to lose you but then he was kind of like it was almost like yeah but you can you can learn to do anything so <laughs> i i'll assume he meant swimming it's wonderland. Her. Anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn to lose you, Alice. <laughs> well, and he did have that swimming scare in one of the first episodes when the fairy dropped him into the lake. Right. So maybe he, he learned to, to swim on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's a funny picture. Anyway. <laughs> like thinking on your feet. Well, as everyone is back together again and the Jabberwocky visits them. Uh, which right there at first seemed like, but she just wants her freedom. Of course she does. Monsters always have a sympathetic side. Hashtag free the Jabberwocky. <laughs> <laughs> but the Jabberwocky said some interesting things. Uh, she said... Which I never thought I'd hear you say, like, before the show and this podcast. <laughs> Just words that I never imagined. Well, listen to this. Nobody's born a monster. Remade. Product of a cruel world. Filled with cruel people. And those cruel people were made cruel by a cruel world filled with cruel people and i don't know who made those cruel people cruel if this is how monsters are born but go with it (laughs) but it reminded me of something (laughs) now i know there's there's a moral issue here of saying well that it's you're the product of 
your surroundings, which I, I can't agree with that, that you can blame your upbringing, your mm-hmm. culture, other people for how you turned out. That's basically what the Jabberwocky is saying is that she's right. the product of cruel people. But there's a tie in here with Once Upon a Time. Check this out mm. from the 16th episode in Once Upon a Time's first season, Heart of Darkness. Evil isn't born, dearie. It's made. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what Jabberwocky said. It's true. There's a quote, and I, I always thought that it was from something more notable, but there was a show, I think, called Invasion, and it didn't last very long. But there's a line that has just stuck with me for a long time. I may have mentioned it before, but there was a character, and he just said to somebody who, you know, the, the context was a discussion sort of like this, and he says, we all have the potential to go to our darkest place. Most of us manage to leave a light on. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So I like that. It's like, okay, yes, bad things happen and they can make some people do some terrible things, but not everyone reacts that way. There is such a thing as evil. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I like that these shows, the Once Upon a Time shows and other similar shows, make, add some layers of complexity to their villains. They're not just evil because, of course, they are, you know, like... um like orcs, for example, in mm. in Lord of the Rings, it's like they're like the time of the orcs. I'm like, why? What what possible appeal does that have? What is your goal? What is your what is the lifestyle you are seeking just to be orcs in an orc world? What are you even gonna like? I don't get it. There's no layer to them that beyond the surface. So I like this in a sense, but I almost don't like that. It seems like every villain is truly good inside somewhere. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. There has to be... It starts to get less interesting when there is nothing... There is no evil. There's nothing that should truly be fought. Just right. just, just stopped. And it's sort of very, very Star Trek Federation-y, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of do no harm. Just put them in, put them in jail. I don't know. Don't, don't really defeat your enemy. Just kind of subdue them for a while because probably they they want to be good i don't know <laughs> it's, it starts to get a little well the way the same way that the jabberwocky was really scary at first and now this week she's kind of mm-hmm. a yeah. little more subdued i just i don't think it quite rings true yeah as uh i'll, I'll bring this up briefly here as <laughs> as a christian i see that goes very much against what uh, the Bible tells us about humanity, and that is that we're not basically good. We're basically wicked. We are born monsters, and we are born evil and rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, people are capable of making good decisions, and that's what makes for great stories is when people choose to do the right thing. And for uh, common redemption stories, when someone who's doing the bad thing chooses to repent of that in some way, and repent means basically an about face, and they turn around and... Uh, leave that and start doing something good instead. Mm -hmm. But I think that this story will not end with all of the bad characters being redeemed. Jafar will be defeated. Yeah. See, it's not that I don't love a redemption story because I do, Yeah, but, but (laughs) I I had a thought there and it was a wild train of thought and I think it would have been a fun point, but it was a little, it was a little lost spoilery. So I decided not to say it, but um, maybe I'll post about it in our forums at <laughs> wonderlandpodcast.com slash forums. Yes, that'll take you there too. 
<laughs> like the white rabbit and his portals. <laughs> I questioned the Jabberwockies, um, just her genuineness in this scene. I couldn't tell mm. whether she had been sent by Jafar at first. And then even after that sound clip, her saying, yes, I feed on fear, but remove Jafar from this land and fear will leave with him. With nothing left to eat, I'll be forced to simply move on. So she, that's to me, that's kind of a, a lie because everybody has fear, even the happiest of people, right? Like mm-hmm. the man in the in the village was afraid of her, right? He was afraid for his family and afraid of her. He wasn't afraid of Jafar. Like that's not, fear is not only in Wonderland because Jafar's there. Like that's not why people have fear. So she's always going to be able to find people to feed off of no matter where she goes. So if they bought that, I question their, you know, I know they want to see, they want her to want to help them so they can get further. But I, I, I still am not sure. I'm not sure about her. And then she yeah. kind of disappeared at the end. So I don't know where she went and what she's <laughs> doing now and whether she's going to come back and be a huge, you know, part of the next episode or, or what. Yeah. What was also interesting in the scene about her is that she does know about the staff. She knows about Amara. Somehow. But I, I think Jafar told her about him, her. Uh, maybe. I guess, I guess if nothing else, he was starting to fear that was the case with the, the connection with Amara and the gene. So I guess she could have heard it. But we, we questioned whether she had heard that or not. Because didn't he say to her, I had a partner once <laughs> and now I found oh, a better use for her or something? True. But it was funny when she said, when Alice said, we want to bring back the queen. And... And she says, I can't help you with that, but she can. And then the staff sort of le- leans around Cyrus's <laughs> shoulder, the eyes glow, and she's like, well, hello, son. I can do it. <laughs> Maybe she could read Amara's fears. Is that a stretch? Uh, I don't know. It, apparently, there was more going on in that staff than we thought. Yeah. Apparently. Um, I wonder if... Uh, a reason why um, the Jabberwocky didn't have much of an impact on that group is like, Alice doesn't seem to have a whole lot of fear. Um, like she kind of already lost Cyrus and kind of lived the worst fears of her life prior mm-hmm. to the show starting. And then the knave, well, we know for sure he just conquered one of his fears and then watched the love of his life die. So he's maybe a little bit fearless now as well. So I wonder if that's why she was, she maybe didn't have a lot to feed on there. <laughs> that's why she was more civil with them. Hmm. She acted I'll more like that. a lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that explanation. I don't know if it was intended, but I like it. She just shows up and she's like, gosh, these are some fearless people. I might have to, I don't know, do what they say or something or help. I don't know. I can I, lie for them. I just loved the, is that any way to talk to a lady? <laughs> and I tweeted, that's no lady. <laughs> well, in what we see next from this is that they now have this plan and they are working together in some way. And Alice and Will break into the jail and basically for the purpose of freeing the Sultan, mm-hmm. Jafar's father. Yeah. And it really makes me wonder, what 
is it that he's going to do? Is he going to say, I love you, son? And that's going to make Jafar say, oh, daddy, I'm sorry. I feel sorry. like Jafar <laughs> would just freeze and then shatter into pieces. <laughs> I think that would just be the end. There would be like these cracks that spread across his skin and they'd glow red and then he'd blow up. Or and he then just says, it would be summer everywhere. I don't know. Or he just says, bring me a pan of water and I'll take care of this. Oh my. <laughs> That's terrible. But what Alice said is that he would be able to make sure that Jafar never hurts anyone again. Which makes it sound like either eternal prison or death. He's going to hold him under the water. <laughs> That's terrible. Longer this time. <laughs> It's just terrible. That was such a disturbing scene anyway. Yeah, no. Now, again, with the counting, Alice is counting. That was actually some fun banter. Would it help if I <laughs> shut up or whatever? But what was she counting? How did she know anything about any movements inside? It's basically an occupying force. Nothing she's ever been able to really observe before. True. But they were there before. Remember when... Mm. Jabberwocky sensed Alice's fears. Yeah, it was just a little precise. I didn't really understand how she was doing that. Yeah. Maybe she's been in and out of there before. Even before yeah. like this that we've never seen. Maybe. Maybe yeah. she escaped from there by learning the guards' routes. Because mm-hmm. we know that she has history with the Red Queen. Mm-hmm. Or I think we know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We do. That whole I'll see you soon thing they said felt like... It was a little scary. It felt like one of them, presumably not Alice, was going to die before the end of this. Yeah. The way they kind of said goodbye or well, didn't say goodbye on purpose. But they, they definitely had a parting of the ways. Yeah. That felt like more, you know, they didn't know what was going to happen. But during this time, uh, Alice got to have some pretty cool fight scenes. Yeah. yeah. She almost killed the Sultan accidentally <laughs> i felt like there was one spot where she kicked a guy and he had his sword out and he went flying toward the wall and his sword was sort of pointed at the sultan i don't think it was supposed to look like that but both times i saw it i thought it looked like he was about to get stabbed and it would have been sort of alice's fault probably i didn't really like the fight scene i i no. that's probably mean of me to say but i felt that it was not not the best. It had good choreography. It just didn't seem to flow very well, considering it was one girl trying to take down all these guys. And it just seemed mm. a little slow and overly choreographed. Yeah, Jenny and I joked about it, too, while we were watching. And we were saying, okay, Bob, you attack, <laughs> right. and then I'll wait until you're thrown <laughs> right. away. Then I'll attack. There, yeah. that, there are a lot of group battles <laughs> on TV that seem to happen that way, where yeah. they all just stand around and look like they're about to spring at any moment until it's their turn. Or Where? as Ash23 said in the chat room, Xena, Wonderland edition. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, okay, so you, to play, I don't know, coward's advocate for a second, <laughs> you don't want everyone rushing toward the girl with your swords That's out. True. Because if all of you succeed, you might all die together. <laughs> That's There true. wouldn't be much left of your target. But you also all might stab each other somehow. You're supposed so. to live together, die alone. Live together, <laughs> die alone. That's yeah. it. Attack together, die together. I like what Not Jabberwocky good. did in order to bring in Cyrus. Again, nothing I ever thought I'd hear you say. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know how you pointed out even her, watching the show <laughs> her odd pauses she did that cyrus <laughs> uh, but she was genuinely disappointed and looked hurt by the fact that jafar was not going to free her when it seemed like to her this seemed like her, the price of her freedom right yeah Maybe she's starting to pick up that every female that Jafar has ever worked with does not get what they originally planned. Since she now knows witness of two of them, she is hoping Jafar is going to follow through. But really, she he's now killed Anastasia and made Amara into a staff. Yeah. So she, she should not expect any less from him yeah. or any more from him. <laughs> Maybe she should just spit in his eye. <laughs> it seems to infuriate him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would. I didn't. I didn't really see the spit, though. That's that what the Sultan off. will do: is that he will spit in Jafar's eye in both eyes. <laughs> no. Um, speaking of Jafar's eyes, I thought he did a pretty good job with kind of showing his suspicion. Because mm-hmm. it was like it crossed his mind and his eyes just kind of moved to her a little bit. He just kind of, he stood perfectly still and his eyes just darted from one person to the other. And then it was like he dismissed the idea or tried to, like, how would the Jabberwocky be working with them? That makes, it was like he felt it, but it didn't make sense and he rejected it and moved mm-hmm. on. But it, he kind of said it all with his eyes in about a second and I was relatively impressed his perspective is probably very disrespectful and well we've seen that is very disrespectful Mm -hmm. toward jabberwocky thinking that she is only a monster that's all she can only be so sort of a pet monster really in his case (laughs) the thought of her being allied with the good guys just doesn't even work for him even though Mm -hmm. yeah he probably has some suspicions well he didn't he didn't get to bear witness to her speech about you know, cruel worlds and <laughs> monsters being created <laughs> that definitely indicates that at some point she probably had a sense of morality and humanity in her. So then we've got the final scene, the final collection scene. of scenes, Amara versus Jafar. Yes. And I have Sorry. to say too, as we kind of started that, I thought it was pretty clever that they anticipated, uh, Jafar calling Will back to the bottle. But I had forgotten to some degree that genies could be killed because you would just think that they couldn't be. You would think that a mortal wound would just turn them back into smoke and send them to the bottle or something. Yeah. And, you know, we've had moments where the genie couldn't be killed, but that was only because Jafar wouldn't kill them because of what he needed, which really... You would think the guards would be smart enough to realize, hmm, we probably shouldn't kill the genie since we will all be killed shortly thereafter. (laughs) Do they even know he's the genie? I would think so. Well, no, I guess not. He was in the cage dungeon for a long time. Um, Well, yeah. Okay, so I think they should know. And but they but then he gets there and then he was being force choked and that can all happen to genies. And that's Hmm. very strange. Still, I would think that, well, I guess the force choking, there's not much you can do. Even if you don't believe he'll kill you, I guess you're still kind of stuck. Yeah, it's still pain. Yeah. they can. I would think that genies can experience pain, but probably not be killed. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, um, yeah, I don't know. They can be killed. They thought, okay, so the train of thought of this led me to really the sort of foundation of the entire series. Alice believed Cyrus had been killed. So apparently it's possible or plausible or something. Obviously he wasn't killed. but Or she just doesn't have the same theory about genies that we do. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, and and, and boom. Oh, hi, Amara. What? (laughs) What? Not even some yellow glowing eyes? What? (laughs) I didn't didn't understand how she got out of the bottle and... And out, of, hope, out of the staff, sorry. Yeah, I out of the bottle. You know, I, everyone in their family is kind of trapped in something. <laughs> I hope that their conversation, if you can call it that, wasn't the extent of our explanation on that. Because we've been going, how are they going to get out of the staff for like, I don't know, weeks, months? And Jafar says what we're all thinking. I'm curious to know how you got out of the staff. And she's like, let's just say I didn't teach you everything I know. Well... Look at where the group was going before Jabberwocky came. Let's just not say, let's not just say that. Let's say a lot more, Amara. I want to know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were going toward the Well of Wonders. That's probably what Cyrus figured out is the way that they could free Amara. Maybe. But then, then again, the zombie lady from the well said... (laughs) return the waters in order to free his brothers but they were on the way i guess that's where they were going they run into the jabber jerk i I, see i shouldn't feel bad calling her names this week but i do the 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 jabber not always a monster how about that and and she says but she can and then the next thing you know she's taking cyrus in to jafar so it doesn't seem like they went anywhere else in between. I guess they could have. I just thought of a theory about this. Ooh. If the Jabberwocky was just a human before, as she sort of implied that she was by her monsters are created by a cruel world with cruel people speech, perhaps <laughs> she is like, how would a human then get to be what she is now? Which is kind of some kind of a, there's got to be some magic involved. So maybe she has magic. Hmm. Well, she has some kind of magic because she somehow makes people's fears come to life. That's not normal. True. <laughs> so maybe she knew how to get Amara out. But I, I would like some explanation. Well, look at this from Amara's perspective. What if she's telling the truth mm-hmm. and she did really have this ability yeah. All along. Right. Because this is one of those things where if you're more powerful than your opponent realizes, you let them at some point make them feel like they have victory while you continue to manipulate. Right. So while Amara is the snake staff, she can observe everything. She can be there while Jafar works so hard to try and collect all the other genies. Mm-hmm. So she's just waiting for the right moment. But she's... then again, why wasn't that right moment when she was there <sighs> with her son and no one else well she had to get all three of them in one place i guess the thing is she was so ah she's if if she had the ability to turn back into herself and stop him or leave him or something all that time she's still so deplorable the things that he used her for Mm -hmm. 
And she just stood by all in the name of getting her sons back. Well, well she wasn't quite so innocent herself. No, remember. she wasn't. She wasn't yeah. at all. She, and that's what I've been questioning the entire time and whether she was like that before the genie incident, before the fire. Was she like that before? She did always like snakes. Maybe she's always been creepy and mean and I don't know. Well, her and sons she didn't think so. We know that she knew about and taught the boys magic and that she knew about the creepy well kid before <laughs> the fire. So yeah. she was definitely in that world in some way or another. A sorceress to some degree. Mm. Yeah. 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 And she still seems to be more powerful than Jafar in some ways. Mm-hmm. I thought the mirror shards thing was pretty amazing, actually. It reminds me a little bit of Heroes, actually. There's a mm. scene in Heroes... <laughs> Where the main bad guy, uh, I can't remember his name, Gabriel was his actual name in the show. Yeah. Um, Siler, that's it. Where Siler was trying to kill this guy who went invisible. And one of the ways that he does it is he brings up, he breaks this glass and he just shoots the glass all over. And one of the pieces end up sticking into the good guy's head. That's gross. Yeah. The fight scene, this fight scene reminded me a lot of Harry Potter. And we also had feedback, I think, that mentioned the in the in the past, the walls of the maze eating people, uh, which was also in Harry Potter. So in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, there is the maze um, for the Hmm. very last challenge of the Triwizard Tournament. And the people go into the maze like the the branches or whatever. Uh, the bushes eat the people. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was that I was Karen. That. that was Karen that sent in that feedback to us, pointing out that connection. Um, and then in this fight scene, Amara says, "This fight only ends when one of us dies," which is very Harry Potter Voldemort. Um, only one will live while the other survives, or something. One of them had to die. We know that one of them had to die. And then in the glass scene, so that was in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix when he got the prophecy. And then there was a big fight at the end of that movie with Dumbledore and Voldemort. And Voldemort um, broke a bunch of glass and sent it like whirling towards Dumbledore. And... They were like they had a big epic like power fight, which is basically what happened between Amara and Jafar. And another similarity is just that Dumbledore was trying the whole time to push Harry out of the way and to keep him out of the fight. And Cyrus was kind of standing over there, too, which Amara would have been obviously trying to protect him. Not as good as Dumbledore. But yeah, let's not forget the whole snakes thing. (laughs) Giant snakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those were all similarities that I that I made me think of Harry Potter. Nice. I wonder is Cyrus actually dead? Probably. Well, no. I, I think I think so. I don't think Amara would. I think Amara would have just healed him. Well, Jafar said something about when he dies, you'll need this. Yeah. Basically. I don't know. It would have been more effective to just kill him. I, I think it would have been more effective if they stabbed him actually where his heart was, where he would actually die that quickly. They seemed to stab him kind of in the upper chest shoulder area of the right side of his body. Right. And I actually, wondered, is that glass that magical that he's dying already? 
If he'd sent all the shards at Cyrus, there would be no doubt. It, it was <laughs> in line with his heart, but to the opposite side of his heart. It was on his right side instead of the left side. Right. Mm, maybe so, genies are like time lords. <laughs> He's got two hearts. Right. But what is up with Jafar's eyes? <laughs> well, they're glowing at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I'd say, um, what's the phrase? What's the Jafar phrase? About cosmic power and oh yeah, yeah. So I think that's what's <laughs> happening. So I think the next thing we see for Jafar is itty bitty living space. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Amara gets the same power since she's helping him do the spell. That's what I want. That's what I want answered. Yeah, because... I thought we were going to see Amara's eyes too, mm-hmm. but no. Maybe that's they saved it for the beginning of the next one when he looks over at her and he's like, "Oh no, she has the power too." Oops. Yeah. The candles going out with Alice running down the hallway were kind of effective. I just, at first I wasn't sure, is that her? But I think it was just, it was the spell starting. Oh, you know, and speaking of Alice, the other thing that was really cool was seeing her and the way they did that cinematography just before the whole uh, amazing sword fight thing, where she is hurt at the same time as Cyrus because their hearts are entwined. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I think she could feel pain oh. at the same time as Cyrus. And that, depending on how deep that runs, that might be the reason they didn't just say, yes, Cyrus is dead. Because then, depending on how they're looking at this, Alice might have to be dead too, which would not help the story very much. Right. Yeah, I don't true. know if the idea was that if one dies, they all they both die with those two. I don't think so. I think it's just... Because he well, said, no, from now on, I'll know when you're near. Dead. Yeah. She thought he was dead, so she wasn't dead. That would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> I love how fearlessly she ran in, though. She's like, oh, there's these two crazy sorcerers doing all kind of light tricks over here, but I'm just going to walk right behind them, straight <laughs> over to the love of my life, and I'm going to just kneel down and Yeah, well, really, sad. there are two options. There's jump into the magic lightning or something, <laughs> or grab the people creating it. Or or go check on your true love. I'm not, I guess, you know, that why sounds not, like the safer option. Why not grab a sword and cut off Jafar's head? Well, <laughs> true. Maybe that's the next scene. That could backfire, though. <laughs> if Cyrus is dead, it will. maybe that's why she didn't do that. Maybe, like, try to stop it if she thought Cyrus was dead. Now she wants him back, too. Does that make any sense? Well, yes. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, maybe in that moment she's thinking, well, gosh, they're already halfway there. I guess I'm going to have to let Jafar win. Well, it's part of the whole power play of being able to give him some of the power and then be able to then defeat him after this. That's what the next episode is, is that they both have this power and... They're able to change the laws of magic, presumably. And now we know that Amara, by the way, has always been looking for her sons. Right. Not just to achieve magic like this. But I think the next episode is going to be an awesome, epic battle. I hope so. And I hope that nobody uses a phrase like at the end of the day again <laughs> it was the one bad thing it was this amazing tense scene and the shot the single shard was so poignant but then there was still this ringing in my ears from jafar saying at the end of the day oh i was like oh, no 
Cliche. Then you got Les Mis stuck in your head? No. That's what happens when I hear at the end of the day. (laughs) Well, we would love your feedback on this episode. Please comment on the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 16 to talk about what we brought up in this episode. And the next episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is the final episode of the series. So instead of sending us your theories, because... There won't really be anything to theorize about unless <laughs> it's hope. unless it's something like there's some connection back into Once Upon a Time, and then we could theorize about how that connection will continue. Because a lot of people I've seen on Twitter have been saying, oh, it'd be great to see these characters move over to Once Upon a Time. But what we want to hear from you is looking back at this series as a whole in our finale episode of the podcast or of the show when we discuss that in our podcast, because we have some special stuff we're trying to plan for summer to actually wrap up the podcast. So don't unsubscribe (laughs) until we tell you to. But what we'd like to hear from you are, what is your one favorite scene? The top scene from the series to you? What stood out the most to you? What did you enjoy the most? It could be the funniest scene. It could be the heart-wrenching scene. It could be the coolest fight scene. It could be whatever. the heart-ripping scene, the <laughs> heart-slicing scene, the heart-putting-back-inning scene. So however <laughs> you want to define top, let us know. Send us that, and you can email to us your thoughts by emailing feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to wonderlandpodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website and try to get this in before we record our next episode of the Wonderland podcast which will be on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern time that's GMT minus 4 over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash live on April 6th. And that will be the last regularly scheduled episode of our podcast. But like I said, we will have some cool summer surprises for you. So don't unsubscribe (laughs) until after those cool things. I think you're really going to love it. It'll be really amazing. We talked about it here (laughs) and uh, we're, we're excited about some of these things that we'll be doing. So I don't, I can't give you specifics yet, but we're going to make something cool happen. Uh-huh. Anything's possible in Wonderland. Yeah, anything's possible with Wonderland Podcast. Yes. But please comment <laughs> on the show notes and get the links and any pictures that we mentioned over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 16. You can also follow us on Twitter. And I recommend, since Wonderland is coming to a close, follow Once Podcast on Twitter, because that's where we have most of the news about Once Upon a Time and Wonderland even. We're moving some of that over there. And please follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And we'd love to hear from you, so send us your top scenes from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland after you see the final episode. And until next time, remember, I like you with your heart in your chest. And thanks for listening.
proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like we've got other podcasts about the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Under the Dome, and Resurrection. And we've got so much more to help you get productive, learn how to podcast, laugh, and much, much more to come. Check it out at noodle.mx. Hi, Wonders. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Wonderland Podcast. Season 1, Episode 13, the series finale, is called And They Lived, is written by Edward Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, and Zach Estrin, and is directed by Carrie Suglin. According to the ABC official press release, the all-powerful Jafar succeeds in making his father love him and forcing Anastasia into thinking she loves him. After Alice, Amara, and Cyrus escape, Jafar imprisons the Jabberwocky and calls upon an army of dead soldiers to do his bidding. Meanwhile, Alice and the White Rabbit raise their own army to fight Jafar for the realm and a final confrontation between Alice and Jafar takes place at the Well of Wonders. Whoopi Goldberg is back as the voice of Mrs. Rabbit. Also guest starring in this episode are Benjamin Wilkinson as White Knight, Toby Levins as Sentry, Christian Bauer as Jafar's guard, Leah Gibson as Nix, Dejan Loyla as Rafi, Sean Smith as Edwin, Heather Dorkinson as Sarah, Kylie Rogers as Millie, and Amelia Wilkinson as Alice's daughter. Now let's take a look at the promo. It's a love versus evil episode as Alice believes that love is more powerful than any magic. And Anastasia is back with Jafar. Alice has one more chance to take down Jafar to live happily ever after, and Amara is here to help. Looks like Jafar is about to kill Cyrus at the Well of Wonders, and Alice draws her sword to save him. Well, that's all I have for you. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust.